if you want peppermint tea, I'll make you one. No, I'm pretty sure we're good to go. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Semicast. We're doing a very special edition of the Semicast today. I'm sitting across a table within smacking distance to Anthony Murphy. One of us fucks up. The other one can give the other one a slap in the face. How are you? I am well. I'm not going to fuck up. Sure. Sure. All right. Actually, someone told me the other week that... <laughs> someone um, told you that I'm a, that I'm a fuck-up. No, 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 that you should probably slap me. No, that I forgot to introduce myself when I started the podcast, and I did it again. My name's David Jack, and I'm here with Nathan Murphy. How are you? I'm good. We've been doing a bit of arts and crafts today, mm. and that uh, will probably be released in a couple of days yep. if we can edit the whole hour-long footage down to 30 seconds. Yep. That's how they do it on TV. They yeah. film heaps of shit and then... Don't use any of it. Use two, two frames here and there. Then it all comes out on the special edition. Yeah, we had um, textures mm. and uh, we had fancy lights. Blue tack. We had blue tack, definitely. <laughs> Some blue tack and yeah, there was a lot of texture films. It was good fun. Yeah. Um, What's that thing where you stick past it or to pieces of cardboard? That is... It's, it's not macrame. It's... Um, I don't know. We didn't do that, whatever that is. No, we didn't do that. We, there was no pasta involved. There was a little bit of glue. But uh, so that was all right. Mm. Um, that was us solving a very particular issue, which we might talk about you know, on another day once this video is live. Maybe next week if we can get the whole thing together. How has your week been apart from that, apart from arts and crafts? I'm busy at work and I've been avoiding uh, video game launches, but apparently not avoiding them enough. No, it's um, one of those things where, you know, you go into it thinking, that's fine. Mm, we don't need one of those no. things. And then someone comes into your house with one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and someone skips launch day and then goes, oh, you know what? It's been getting really good reviews and Zelda's awesome. So I'm going to go down into Big W and see if they've got one. And then they look you in the face and go, no, we don't have any of these. Are you, are you a fool? And then you go to JB Hi-Fi and they go, we got heaps. Mm-hmm. Do you want two? It's a bit of a wonky launch. It is a bit wonky. I found some people have... Oh, sorry, we were talking about the Nintendo Switch, if you hadn't already figured that. Mm. Uh, it is a bit of a wonky launch. There's some people who've, who've, who've had consoles and some people who have had games but no consoles. I'm myself trying to look for a case and you, I, there's just no one's got the case. No. No one's got the special case that no, you want. Yeah, well, no one's got the official Nintendo case that's got the funny stand in it. Mm. And it's nice and soft on the inside. No one told me it had a funny stand. I may reevaluate my position. Yeah, well... The, the switch has a little stand. It's got mm. a little kickstand. It's um, this it, is this isn't a video podcast. No, but I'm holding it in my hand, uh, just talking to you about the. It makes a nice click, but it also makes a quite a. It's quite flimsy. Have have a feel of that little thing. I did see during the week that Nintendo put out an official article saying, "Hey, look, it's fine if you slide that into the dock and that stands out. It's designed to fall off. It's fine. Just clip it back in." Right. So defective by design. Yes. So um, the Switch does actually make some cool noises apart from the little clickiness of the stand. That's one of the things I found kind of when you're... I'm trying to turn it on. This is brilliant. Oh, hang on. Live radio. It's got these cool little... Um, you could just keep talking and I might actually get figure this thing out. If I talk, how are they supposed to hit the Switch? That's fair enough. Listen. It's got some nice little... Click sounds, and when you go into your little um, your uh, user menu, it's got some nice little whistles. Woohoo! It's a fun little machine. They have a headphone port. It does have a headphone port. It's Good. on the top, which is handy because the power's on the bottom, which means you can't use the kickstand while um you're powering it. Yeah, unless you stack it on top of some um some things like notch. Yeah, yeah. well we can do that. Um, yeah, but so we've been having a little bit of a play on it. I, I got mine yesterday and I spent a couple of hours playing some Zelda, which is a good fun game. Mm. It's, I got mine this afternoon and have not touched it at all. You've downloaded yourself some snipper clips. Yep. We played some snipper clips today. That was... Um, we tried to cut each other into shapes that are not safe for work. And and um, so finally, when one of us is yelling, I'm going to cut you, mm. it's actually a safe thing. Yes. So it's, it's fine. No one's going to get too, too no, injured. It's not a threat anymore. Um, those little Joy-Cons are pretty small. Yeah, I, I didn't, like, when I was using it, I didn't, like, I was focusing on the game, so, there, you know, I didn't, there was no intrusive thought of, this is really small, what's going on. Yeah, but, you know, um, I have to admit, I did give you the better one of the two Joy-Cons. I, yeah. wanted, I, I wanted you to have a good experience of the, <laughs> your first experience of the Joy-Con, because I gave you the one that didn't have the controller in the middle, 
if you look at that one, if you compare it, so that's the right one. If you compare it to the left oh, one, yeah. one of them's got the little analog stick right in the middle and it's a little bit hand crampy after a while. So one of them is for when your little brother or sister wants to play. Yeah, you give them a shit one. Right. Or you usually find someone with really, really small hands. So, yeah, I mean, we've been kind of having a little bit of fun with them. I'm sure that they're going to bring a lot more fun in the next mm. coming year. As long as people make games for them. Yeah. Well, uh, one of the reasons I ended up... So, I was going to get the Wii U and get Zelda Breath of the Wild on the Wii U. But then Zelda was just getting such great reviews. I figured, oh, my, I just want to play the best version. And I don't, mm. you know... And it might be just the way it, it renders and the way it just... It's got a couple more lens flares and it's, it runs a little bit smoother in a couple of sections, but... It, it was getting 10 out of 10 pretty much from everyone. Mm. So I figured, nah, I'm going to get a Zelda. And I've been playing it probably 90% handheld rather than plugged into the TV. Yes, well, we'll see how that goes for me on the train tomorrow, whether I get shanked and it gets stolen from me. Or- yeah, you probably get a lot of looks. Mm. Although, you know, they are out there. If someone wants one, they can pretty much go and get one. Yeah, then just kill me and take mine. Yeah. Although yours will have a case. So you can hit them with the hard case. Mm. Yep. Are you doing anything else? Uh, the guy came and collected all of my homebrewing stuff. So no more homebrewing? No more homebrewing. So we can't um, make a semi-informatic brew? No. Well, we could. We just have to buy another homebrewing kit. That would be silly after you've just given away a homebrew kit. It would be. I've got a small one. Like I said, I've, I've done some ginger beer, so I've got one of those half-brew mm. things. I still have uh, a couple of pieces from it, and I'm willing to bet with what I know about homebrewing now, I could probably make beer in a relatively unsafe way <laughs> with, without the... Without the gear that that keeps that makes it sort of safe and easy, you're gonna make some gear. Yeah. Well, actually, one thing I did keep just because it was fun is that when you make spirits, uh, which you're not supposed to make in Australia, and we had a discussion on this last week, um, is that you you just tend tend to make ethanol. You don't you're not getting corn and you're not mashing it and you're not doing any of that stuff. Like, sir, I'm not making spirits. I'm making ethanol. Is making ethanol illegal as well? Yeah, it is oh. pretty much. Okay. Um. Is biodiesel illegal? <laughs> Probably, but I'm not sure about <laughs> drinking biodiesel. So they give you these little bottles that um, uh, have the flavouring of a particular spirit in it, like bourbon. Oh, I've seen and those then, little yeah, tiny bottles. And then you just pour them into the ethanol and then you've got something that is alcoholic that tastes like bourbon. That's not how they make actual bourbon. No, they don't just no go, abso- hey, absolute, some absolutely not. <laughs> I've got some ethanol. That shouldn't be the way you make bourbon either. I guess it depends on the type of person or the type of bourbon that you're buying. If you're buying, like, Father O'Cleary's for, like, <laughs> six, six bucks for a bottle, then that might be the way they make it. Where does Captain Morgan sit on the bourbon? Uh, so, Captain Morgan's a rum, uh, yeah. but where does that sit? Because I, I actually like a bit of Captain Morgan. I was going to ask you about Captain Morgan, actually. Really? Yeah, from an advertising point of view. Um I've never really thought about too much about Captain Morgan until I was on a work junket mm. and uh, one somebody from work was like, you've never had Captain Morgan? This was at probably 11 o'clock in the morning. She's, I, I have never had Captain Morgan. And either. she's like, you've never had Captain Morgan? Captain Morgan's really smooth to drink. You can just drink a shot. So <laughs> at 11 o'clock in the morning, she took me to just tried to go to like a Safeway or a Liquor Land or something just to buy one of those little small shots of Captain, um, Captain Morgan, Morgan I small need ones. this now or I can't start my day. <laughs> Pretty much. And uh, we couldn't find one, but we found a place that was kind of a half liquor store, half bar. And they said, no, we don't have any of those um, little things, but we can just pour you a shot if you want. And she's like, okay, yeah, let's do that because this is an important <laughs> science experiment. And so at about 11.30 in the morning, I had a shot of um, <laughs> Captain Morgan. That was my first experience. And it went down well. It was Heart very started. smooth. Yeah, it was nice. Right. So I'm into some Captain Morgan. When I look at their advertising, the captain is always so happy and looks so confident. And I'm wondering if that if that is how they capture their their marketers. People look at that pirate and say that guy's got it going on. He's jolly. Yeah. Well, he's even more than jolly if you look at it look at it closely. He's jolly, but he's got a steely eye about him, as if he's in control of things. He's had his um, ten <laughs> eleven a.m. shot yep. of Captain Morgan he's- ready to face the world. Well, you know, I think as long as you can pretend that your drink is going to be empowering to the to the mm. person without telling that your friends that you know it's going to make you empowered i've worked on a, a little bit of alcohol from an advertising sense in the past and there's a lot of things you can't do mm. you can't um show alcohol being consumed while someone is standing in water any bottle can't be more than a third empty right uh, you can't show someone near cars when they're drinking uh there's another couple of rules here and there you can't insinuate that alcohol is going to 
make you overly refreshed or overly excited. And gambling's the same type right. of thing. You can't think that gambling's going to change your life. So, like, the two actual benefits that alcohol and gambling have, you can't talk about those. How far does the car thing go? Like, if you show someone drinking and then getting in a forklift? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the same thing. What about an electric bike? Um, I think that is still classed as a vehicle. What about a skateboard? I reckon you could probably do a skateboard. Could someone drink on a pair of roller skates? <laughs> I'm not sure. I've, I've heard that if you're drunk and you're riding a bicycle, you can get arrested. Yeah, you can. But that's not powered. Yeah, but you're still in control of a vehicle that can injure somebody. Yeah, fair if enough. If you plow head on into an old lady with that has chalk for bones, basically. Can you? What if you're drunk and you're on roller skates? I don't know. I don't know what the, what the deal is there. What if you're drunk and you're running really fast? What if you're drunk and you're standing there with a very expensive pair of runners on and you have... Uh, is that like the potential to cause harm and you can I get... No, Maybe if it's only Usain Bolt because he can hit somebody. <laughs> he can lot. just never drink because his feet are a deadly weapon if he drinks. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, I don't even know where we are. We're at Captain Morgan. <laughs> yeah. We started on the switch. We ended at Captain Morgan. That's how it goes. Well, that's, I think, how... Um, so, Miyamoto's probably off getting drunk somewhere because yep. the Switch launch went okay. Nothing. He's drinking Captain Morgan. Yeah. Do they have Captain Morgan in Japan? I would, just, I would say they I have they no do. idea. He'd probably be an anime captain. Yeah. And there would be a whole series <laughs> in re- about his adventures. <laughs> they should make a Captain Morgan anime series. That would be amazing. There was a manga about certain brand, like a, a person who likes wine, and it included actual brands of wine in it. Oh, really? Yeah. Like... Just little-known brand or big-name brands? Uh, I think there's little-known brands as well because I, the way I found out about it is there was a news report where um, a little-known Australian brand was featured in the manga. So, <laughs> Cool. Yeah, that's how it goes. All right. Well, Make wine, get in manga. Next time I'm going to advertise some alcohol, I'm going <laughs> to pitch an anime. Right. And I go, sure. I'm going to pitch a visual, visual novel. <laughs> Can you show anime characters getting drunk and driving cars? You can show an- anime characters doing a lot of things depending on <laughs> on where you buy your anime from. And how close can they be to alcohol or not? I'm not sure. Alcohol's not really a big concern in, in Japan because of the the sort of the, the salary man lifestyle where you need to go out and get drunk with your boss. So I'm not sure getting drunk is as big as a stigma. The Japanese police are like, hey, alcohol's the least of our problems. Mm. Those tentacle things you got to worry about. Yes. I was waiting for you to go there. Yeah, well, I'm surprised we spent this far away from it. Dancing around it. Yeah. All right. Cool. I, yeah, haven't really been doing much. I've um, I recorded a video for the site, which had some issues, mm. not technical issues, but more uh, issues after we posted it. And we had to pull it down because apparently even if a theme song is in a video game, that's still breaking copyright. Yep. No chance. That's what you've got. Yeah. Absolutely no chance. There is an, a wrestling video coming at some point, but once we figure out the exactly the fine line between uh, getting in trouble again and uh, reposting it with mm. the with some different content in it, so uh, I spent a lot of my weekend, my all my week on that. So mm. we um, we spent today making replacement content that's basically a giant middle finger, but hopefully not a big enough middle finger to potentially be seen, but not a big enough middle finger for lawyers <laughs> to see. Yes. But we'll see how that goes. Have you been playing anything this week? I have. I went back to play Mass Effect because I ordered Mass Effect Andromeda. Ooh, Mass Effect. Mm. I remember those games. They're pretty good. It was. The first game's really good. I jumped on and I patched it up and I set my resolution properly and, you know, did everything that you need to do these days to play an old game, edit some mini files, and it looked pretty good. You know, yeah. it's still creepy face city in Mass Effect because it's, the vi- it's a blank stare yeah, because they don't really do motion capture because there's so much animation and so Mass Effect sort of had a checkered history with sort of DLC and releases and you know leaving stuff out that probably really should be in the game and so time had softened me on that this is mainly Mass Effect 3 2 and 3 oh, what do they leave out of 2 so 2, they later on released a DLC that dealt with Liara and her background. Oh, right, okay. And so if you had romanced Liara in the first game and were interested to okay. see where that went, that's a certain amount of money, please. Yeah, okay. Because I, I can't remember. I played Mass Effect 2 late in the piece, but I can't mm. remember whether the bit, the way I bought it had that in it or not. So I, I-, I do remember trying to romance everybody, so there's a high <laughs> chance I romanced her. Uh, I already own Mass Effect 1 and 2 and 3, and I own them on the Xbox 360, where I've got, I think, most of the DLC, except, okay. except for the DLC for the third one, because mm. I was 
you know, in old man shouty mode about Mass Effect then. To, to, to the point where there was a short two-week interval where JB Hi-Fi did grey imports of games and I bought my Mass Effect then <laughs> at, like, half price to what? Oh, well, at least you got it. Was yeah. it where, where would they grey import it from? I don't know. They were just London or England? I mean, possibly. That, that, PC games don't really have region codes on them, do they? Uh, some of them do, yeah. Okay. Back then? It depends on where you got it from. Okay. I think the UK stuff works fine on the yeah, Xbox yeah. 360. The US didn't. Okay. So... The trouble kind of started when I went around and tried to look at writing, like we decided, we talked about this podcast and we said, let's do Mass Effect 1, 2 and 3 for letting off Steam. So I started looking at Mass Effect 2 reviews and a lot of people were saying, don't buy it on Steam, get it on Origin because the DLC isn't on Steam. So I went, okay, let's go and look at my copy of Mass Effect 2 and there's no DLC on it. Um, and so I go and look at DLC and they want me to buy Bioware points. And so I had to first check to make sure that we hadn't gone back to 2005. Yeah. That I wasn't having to buy funny money to purchase <laughs> games, um, but even worse than that is it was still fifteen dollars and it's seven years old. And how much is the game? Uh, I don't know. I already own it, so I just oh, bother okay. to check the. I can't check imagine it. the game is any more than fifteen dollars. Mm. But still, fifteen years old for fifteen. Sorry, fifteen dollars for a seven-year-old piece of content uh, was not good, and that. Then made me remember that they had that DLC in Mass Effect Three, where yep. one of the Protheans was. Uh, in it, and you kind of got a background into the alien race that sort of was the precursor to Shepard's efforts to stave off yeah, the and, Reapers. And that was a fairly big part of mm. the game. That was well, the, I don't they, know because I've never played it. Oh, right, okay. So that was also still 15 that. bucks. And at which point I started to remember why I was so angry at EA in the first place. <laughs> right. Uh, and that's probably not something you want people to remember going into a game's launch is how angry they were with you. No, especially when the third version of the game, which was meant to be a triumphant end to mm. the thing, and it just was received not very great at all. Yes. So I went and looked for maybe a complete edition, yep. and that doesn't exist. It's DLC-free. Okay. So you have to, have to purchase all the DLC. So on Origin, I've just looked up, you can buy the Mass Effect trilogy for... $14.99. Yep. All no, three games. No DLC. In fact, no if, DLC. If, if you were to buy just the DLC for Mass Effect 2 or 3, it would cost you more than that. Yep. Which is kind of how they make the money, I suppose. Yes. You can give away the main game for free, and then if you like it, you can buy some extra. Mm. So now, uh, my view going into Mass Effect Andromeda is not one of, gee, Mass Effect was a fun game. I'm starting to look forward to some more. Yeah. Now is, I'm going to keep an eye out so I can document any fuckery that they try to put over me. Yep. I'm, I'm not going in there enjoying, ready to enjoy the game. I'm going in there ready to figure out how they're going to screw me. So other than that, I bought, well, I, I actually bought this quite a long time ago because I kickstarted it, but Torment Tides of Numenera came out. Uh, yeah, there's a video up on the site on that, isn't there? I think so, yeah. There's also a, an editorial up on why I dislike EA and Bioware now <laughs> as well. But Kind of written in a couple of hours and then edited in a couple of other hours after I'd calmed down a bit. EA is giving us a rich source of material mm. for... So Torment Tides of Numenera is... Uh, it attempts to be a spiritual successor to Planescape Torment, one of the most critically acclaimed role-playing games of all time. Um, how's, it, how's it shape up? Uh, it's okay. If you, It's kind of hard because if you look at people who... Everyone agrees Planescape was fantastic, but if you look at what's happened, the RPG community is kind of split off into those people who are willing to accept things like Mass Effect and Oblivion and Skyrim. And then there's some other people who, un- who any change that they don't like, it, it, then the game is just irredeemably broken. Is it more people who want a tighter experience than an open world Skyrim type thing? Or No, it's more that uh, they don't want a lot of the assistance that Skyrim right, yeah, and Oblivion, yeah. and they're also very heavily focused on what, what the user interface looks like how the story is written and like almost all all facets, and they point towards these older games as saying it was much better then. Yeah. So yeah, I I haven't I've only played a couple of hours of it, so I'm not really I don't really have an opinion just yet. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's fun. It um it's certainly strange. You play a body, um, that this thing called the Changing God, um, or the sorry, the Changeling God, uh, inhabited for a while. Uh, and abandoned as it was falling to the surface of a planet. <laughs> okay. And well, so what that, happens... That seems to be the right time to avoid yeah. something when yeah. there's certain death. And so what, what happens whenever this guy abandons a body is that somebody else is born into it instantly and it was you. And so you're known as the last cast off and you sort of travel with 
people who seem interested in your situation. There's actually actually a cult that worships the changeling god and mm. uh, is very interested in talking to castoffs to see oh, if okay. they know any. It's like a weird so situation. Do you, do you know that you're a castoff? Or- yeah. Okay, so that's yeah. something that is is knowledgeable to you and yeah. everyone else. How do they know? Do you have a scar or do you have a... You have a tattoo. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, you sort of fall to earth and there's some in- interesting philosophical questions and it's it's got really an interesting system where um, you have a bunch of stats and you don't get healing items per se. You get um, items that increase the pool of those stats. So... If you want to talk your way out of a bunch of conversations, you would use a particular stat, and as you use it, it goes down and down and down and down until you get one of these items that replenishes the pool again. So, Oh, so instead of getting better at something, you get worse at something. Yeah, yeah. And then you, even within that, you can choose how many points you want to spend. You can change a roll to be just one, 100% if you mm-hmm. want to spend enough points in it. Okay. So, yeah, that's an interesting game. Um, I'll definitely play more of that Yeah. if I'm not purchasing n- Nintendo hardware. <laughs> That'll probably... Keep happening. Yeah. Uh, and then I got back into Fallen London again. Oh, right. Yeah, I've played a bit of Fallen London. Yes. It got well, to the point where I kept getting put into prison and have, having to use whatever currency it was to get out of prison. Mm. I spent a lot of time there. Fallen London is a web-based game where uh, the city of London was moved underground by giant bats after Queen Victoria uh, made a deal with these people called the Masters. So it's based on real life. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's all sort of all these sort of stories that you can um, you can take part in. Uh, one story I played earlier this week is that I woke up and I had my arm had been replaced with an arm made out of clay. That's less than ideal mm. way to have an arm. I no, suppose. you don't want to have a shower with that arm. So I scoured the city until I discovered a clay man who had had his arm replaced with an arm of flesh. Oh, look, that's just a chance thing. You probably mm. stole a guy's arm. He was just he just come back from surgery. He was yeah. all happy. So we teamed up to find out because he didn't want the human arm either. So we teamed no. up to find out who had stolen our arms and and replaced them. Why wouldn't you want a human arm? Surely a human arm is better than a clay arm. Uh, in the clay person community, having part of you not made out of clay uh, causes you to be excluded. So. Oh, right. And we found some sort of abominations where some other things that are part human, part clay, and I let them go at the end. I didn't kill them. And he said, that, you, you know, that's a bad idea. They're never going to be accepted. Which parts of them were clay? Uh, one of them had a clay tongue. Oh, sorry, one of them had a human tongue. Um, the other one had human eyes. At least he's gone. Unless I'm not tasting clay now. Mm, the other one, well, maybe he can taste clay. Oh, now. maybe he can. Mm. So did, did you find someone who was human who had a clay tongue? No. no. See, I think those ones were sort of sort of been done quite a while ago. Okay. So, yeah, that was that. I actually subscribed to it. I pay $7 a month to get double the amount of turns, which sort oh, of right. re- regenerate every 10 minutes yep. uh, and access to some special stories. I've, I've unlocked a new part of the city and I'm talking to a girl who dreams about spiders. <laughs> Almost exclusively. That's someone's nightmare. Yeah, well, I wouldn't necessarily call it a dream. She, she keeps giving me spider silk as uh, a reward. How's she getting a spider silk? Yeah, that's you? the thing. Okay. <laughs> is, is that my character is starting to wonder. <laughs> no, no, I dream of a spider. Mm. Uh, and really, other than that, I went back to Anarchy Online briefly just for a look at what a role-playing game released in the 2000s looks like. You are going way back. Yeah, that's almost completely unplayable to me these days. Same game, though. Same game, Just, yeah. It's not unplayable because it's broken. It's unplayable because it was unplayable before. Well, it was playable before, but it's impenetrable now. There's There's been expansions and things like oh, that, right. and I do not understand. Like, I understand what – I remember what I did back then, and I spent literally an hour getting all my spells into quick bars and figuring out what they did. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then I went out and tried to attack something and got killed, <laughs> so <laughs> – I'm not sure how far I want to continue with that. I remember I mean, that last time I went back to WoW mm. and I was standing on a treetop and I was like, I don't know what any of these weapons are. I don't mm. know why my hotbar is set up this way. I've got a macro that does something. I'm sure I spent hours figuring that out, but I didn't need it. Mm. So to sort of scratch the MMO, which I jumped into Defiance, which is free to play for a little while and mm. did some missions. You can kind of think of that one like Borderlands, okay, but not maybe not quite as good. Oh, right. Um, so, does it sit somewhere between Borderlands 1 and Borderlands 2 then? Is Borderlands yeah. 1 being the good one, Look, Borderlands 2 being the shit one? The Borderlands series, shooter-wise, is not that bad. Story-wise, like, <laughs> the fun thing about Defiance is there's a TV series that goes along with it, so can't wait to sit down and watch that. Um, but, yeah, it's good to pass the time, and there's some interesting things like big events that happen through the world that you can take part in, but after a while, it starts to all get a little bit samey. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, you know, I might 
trundle along with that for a bit and see where I end up. But uh, after that, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. You got some, you got some Zelda to play though. I got some Zelda to play. I played on the train. Yeah, there's plenty of that. Um, I hear it's around 100 hours of game. Oh, great! So that's 50 train rides. Well, you know that'll give you something to play before Mario Odyssey comes out or some. Really? They release something else. That weird version of Street Fighter they're releasing. I don't think I've ever finished a Mario game. Last one I finished was uh, Super Mario Sunshine. Yeah, I didn't finish Sunshine. The one with, on the GameCube with the Flood. Yes. I actually really liked that game. It wasn't as groundbreaking as Galaxy or any of those. I think I'm about halfway through Galaxy. Yeah, Galaxy I got quite far in, but I still didn't finish it. Actually, no, the last one I finished was the one on the GameCube, Super Mario World. On the GameCube? No, not GameCube. What's the handheld one that's not the Switch? The 3DS. Right. How quickly I forget. Yeah. Like, get the new little thing and then all of a new, sudden. New Super Mario Brothers? Or that, no, that's the DS. Uh, no, Super Mario World, I believe. Right. And that was a good one. That was a, that was a pretty straight platforming one done in 3D. That was nice and fun. Managed to go through and collect three stars on each level. I did the whole thing. Okay. It's good. Spent a lot of time staring at a tiny screen. <laughs> Had some sore eyes afterwards, but it was a good fun game. You've started wearing glasses again. Uh, I have because... One of my sets of contacts had one eye which was slightly blurry mm. and I persisted with it for a few weeks and then I decided, no, that was folly. So I changed into some glasses and then I've, that, that was my last set of contacts and then I forgot to order some more. So I'm just, I just need to order some more. Ah, okay. So I'm just glasses in here and then now I'm back to kind of having to hold my sunglasses in one hand and my glasses in the other and trying to bounce between the two, whereas previously... I did contacts purely for sunglasses, so I mm. could just have sunglasses and take them off and be like a regular human. Right. You know, when you get some of those glasses that sort of change into sunglasses? I don't like them. Right. Because like, then you just you look like a 60-year-old man. <laughs> You're saying our friend Chris looks like a 60-year-old man? Only a little bit. Sorry, Chris. He's he close. He doesn't listen to this. He's young at heart. Mm. Is that all you've been doing? Yeah, that's it. Snipper clips? Yes, we'll snipper clips today. But Snipper clips is fun. It is. Took us way longer to do a yep. simple task than it should have. <laughs> Bunch of old men trying to figure something out. <laughs> we got there in the end. It's good. Did. I think it's a good fun game, apart yeah. from the, the tiny Joy-Cons you have to use. I agree. They make it a little bit better with the little um, slippy things with the, do they? the Joy-Con grips, I think they call them. We didn't end up using those. No, so. we did use them. Did we? Yeah, you just didn't realise I'd already put them on. Oh, okay. Because you never used the thing before. Might have to take mine out of the packaging then, rather than just leaving them in there like I was going to. <laughs> <laughs> just don't put them on backwards. They're yeah. actually quite... Almost impossible to get on if you put them on backwards. And they're quite easy to put on backwards. Right. they are. I thought that there was one specifically for the left-hand side and one specifically for the right-hand side indicated by the by the plus and the minus. Yep. But uh, I did notice today that the actual the, there's a plus on one side and there's a minus on the other side. So you can – I actually put one on backwards and upside down. And, right. I, and I kind of got a halfway and it stuck. And then in my head I thought, oh, I remember someone said that if this happens it's going to be bad because I'm going to have to force the thing off. So I quickly yanked it off and mm. it, it was – it was fine, but watch out for that because you don't want to get a Joy-Con grip stuck on a Joy-Con and then not be able to put it back on. Yep. These things are already a little bit fragile. Hmm. Um, okay, so that was it. Uh, I have been playing some Horizon Zero Dawn, which came out literally this week on the PlayStation 4. That looks like a pretty game. It is a very pretty game. It's uh, probably one of the best-looking games I've seen on PlayStation 4. Um, mm. There's the, like the environments are great, the costumes are great, the characters. The only thing is that some of the facial animations on in, in some of the conversations are a little bit off, bordering on the Mass Effect. Yeah, a little bit, and I think it's only and they only look weird because all the other ones are really, really good. Mm. I'd I'd heard it was a very very pretty game when I when I went in and um the start of the game you play as Aloy as a little girl and I don't <clears> I don't generally play uh, video games where I play as a young girl and I, the proportions of the girl were so, like it's just because you know because she's younger and her head's a little bit bigger and her eyes are a little bit bigger just mm. you know the proportions of a young child she looked kind of really creepy like she had this thousand eyes stare and she was just a bit wonky a little little, bit little sisters from Bioshock. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, so that was a little bit creepy. But then when we got into um, growing up, Aloy, everything kind of, I think my brain was like, okay, I know what these video games look I like. I can process this now. Yeah, I can process this. This that. is a person like me, right <laughs> yeah. up until she smiles or laughs. Not a little. Those are the two things that are hard without looking creepy. Yeah, showing actual emotion yep. rather than just cold face killing <laughs> emotion. That's easy to show in a CG game. But no, it's great. It's an open world game and it's set, It's it's kind of got a weird mix of settings because it's, it's a very organic game, like you're running through forests and over hills and you're using bows and spears and things to kill 
but the things you that are your natural enemies are actual mechanicals. So they're robot animals that are, are freely roaming around the environments and they're kind of roaming around in packs and they've got watchers which look out for the herd and the herd wanders around eating grass and things like mm. that. So you have to, you know, take out the watchers first and then take out the rest of the herd. I'm only, I think, just through the training session area. Yeah. So I'm yet to, like, the, the full game hasn't opened up, but I'm really looking forward to cool playing the rest of it. Although now I have another open world game where I've got a bow and an arrow and a spear to play in Zelda. So I've got plenty of um, hours of running around an environment to do in the next couple of weeks. I just realized we may have a special guest tonight. Oh, do we? Yeah. Why? Because if my wife comes home and we're still recording. Hey, we can just throw her on the mic. Yeah. What time should you home? I'm not sure. Oh, that's all right. I'm an attentive husband. Right, we've still got another hour or so to go. Right. Yeah, so um, Horizon Zero Dawn. It's really, really good. I just really need to get a little bit more into it, I think. Just at the point it's going to branch out, I think, and tell a little bit more of the story. There is something that the early part of the game was leading towards, and I'm just before that. So right. hoping to get a little bit more into that. And I've been playing some Zelda, which is, again, yes. I'm at the same point of that. I'm just at the point where the training area is, and I've just kind of made my way out of that, and I've almost discovered my first town. Right. Uh, the game was getting a little bit lonely. Not lonely. There was, I mean, there's there's lots of stuff to do, and it does feel like it's a very uh, rich world that where there's some, some stuff going on, but I'm about yep. to find my first bigger civilization i suppose yep. or this bigger bigger town so i'm looking forward to doing that people who haven't played it should get it in some fashion it's it's quite a relaxing place to be almost cool. like the grass feels really really nice and the, the character animations are cool and the style's good enough i think the style is different than horizon zero dawn the, the two games have been getting a little bit of oh horizon zero dawn's the playstation version of zelda and i think you know there's there's comparisons to be made, but mm. only on a very superficial level. Like it's they're both open world games where you get a bow and an arrow and a spear. So yep. I'm sure that they pan out differently. Yes. Uh, and the other thing I've been playing is some Neo again. I'm still I'm still going on Neo. Still chipping away at it. Neo's not one of those things where I can just get through. No. In an hour. No. Um, I've made my way through a couple more bosses, and the good thing about that is you still feel really good when you figure a boss yeah, out yeah. and you can get through a boss. Yep, there was the giant centipede, which is the the boss I was stuck on last oh, time. Oh yes, not the not the ceaseless discharge. No, not the ceaseless discharge. I'm sure that's coming. Um, <laughs> the giant centipede, I was getting killed in the first thirty seconds of each battle, and then I finally figured out it's like there was a point where I think I'd been going on that battle for seven minutes, and, and I was thinking I could do this forever. Like I I know the patterns, and I just got to slowly chip away at this thing. Mm. So it was actually good that I figured it out. Yep, one of those senses of accomplishments. Yes, you are actually gaining skills rather than yeah. than just hammering against the content. Yeah, and I always find that when you get a super hard boss, that there's a boss occasionally after it, which you think, this one's actually not that hard. And now I'm on uh, literally on a boss where it killed me in one hit. I mm. walked through a door and this giant thing appeared. I was like, oh, that's all right, I'll just kind of roll out of the way. And then by the time I'd finished my internal monologue about that, I was <laughs> dead. It hit me for 10 times the amount of hit points I had, so... Mm. I hope there's a way around that. Uh, and the other little thing I've been doing is I played a little bit of the Mortal Kombat Complete Edition. Oh. I, I played it for Friday Night Fights this week, and I had some recording issues, which the resulting video, and I believe the stream was a bit jolty. Yeah. So and we're, we're going to try that again next week. Okay. And see how that goes. Finish him. Yeah. Uh, so that's good. I actually haven't actually played too much of Mortal Kombat, so it was good getting into it a little bit more. It's by the uh, NetherRealms, same people that did Injustice, mm. Gods Among Us. I'm also looking forward to that when that comes out yes. this May, I think it is. You're going to th- throw people into the sun as Superman. Yep, hit them with the Batmobile. That's that's how Superman gets his powers, is adding more fuel to the sun Yeah, yeah in terms just, of people. Just more people. And then, <laughs> yeah. then it's like a, um, uh, what, what are those machines that power themselves? Uh, Solar. No the, no, the things you can't do. It's impossible. The, you can't touch this? Self-perpetuating. What's it? Oh, the perpetual motion yeah, machine. Yeah, perpetual motion machine. Right. That's, Superman is a perpetual motion machine made out of humans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Well, he is from somewhere else, so it, mm. you know, it makes sense that a perpetual motion machine would come from Krypton. Mm. They're full of perpetual motion machines. Russell Crowe built them. <laughs> He's Superman's dad. In that. <laughs> okay, I was thinking... <laughs> he was a scientist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, weirdly, I went to... Not Russell Crowe, I went to Mel Gibson, I think. Right. 
And I was thinking, well, how is he just doesn't like Jews? How does that work? And then I just went to a bad area. Real, Why did you real go quick. to Mel Gibson? I don't know. Oh, right, it's just no. you know Australian actors who found their way overseas and who ended up getting into trouble. Right, uh, Russell Crowe got into trouble, didn't he? A couple of times, yeah. At least he had a band. Yeah, um, if you listen to Friends or Rom, they're a pile of shit. <laughs> I think they are a pile of shit. Mm. But apart from that, uh, so that's about it for what I've been playing. Mm. Um, and apart from the Switch, we've been messing with that a little bit. Yep. Anything you want to say about that? The Switch? Yeah. Yeah, well, I haven't really had a good... Like, it's exciting at the moment, but I am wary because new consoles are always exciting. Still missing a couple of little things. I think, you know, it's missing its full online service, and mm. I think they're going to come. And yep. I, I wasn't expecting those to be part of the console at launch. I am, I guess, wary of it because I watched the Wii U from afar and went, yeah, that thing never really found its, yeah. its stride. It's almost like the Wii U was the halfway between the Wii and this thing. Like, this thing mm. seems to be a better version of the Wii, of what they wanted to do with the Wii U. I do have to commend them on sort of thinking, like, thinking in a disruptive manner. Like, not many companies who have been around as long as Nintendo would think in a disruptive manner. Like, Microsoft and Sony aren't about to say, like, tomorrow, will our consoles also a tablet? Yeah. When the Wii came out, Nintendo just tossed motion controls out there, and it was so much fun to watch Sony and Microsoft, like, try to bring their versions out and figure out how it was going to work. And so I kind of hope this succeeds and it, so it just becomes disruptive again. Because when you think about it, the console market, I'm not sure it's going to be around for uh, maybe, maybe another 10 or 20 years. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting what the next round yeah. of consoles is, whether they're just going to be the same machines but more mm. powerful and just competing sort with of, the PC. Sort of can't just be a box that plugs into your TV anymore. Yeah, and whether it's going to be like iterative, mm. like with more of, a, more of an iPhone-type, Yep. Where they, they don't go, oh, okay, it's the Xbox One or the Xbox 360. It's like you just have the Xbox and you have the 2017 edition of the Xbox, which will mm. play all the previous games and all your new games, whereas your old Xbox will only play up to a certain mm. level like based on the same architecture. Yeah, that's kind of a long-running experiment on the PC. <laughs> yeah. Well, that this is this is just X86. You know, you can still run X86 stuff if you can figure out all the quirks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I think that's, closer to where consoles will probably end up and it seems to be the way they're doing like with the their playstation and, and the playstation pro mm. they're basically the same machine yeah although they've got a system in place that says no no you'll be able to play all the games we still release for the playstation pro on the playstation slim so they're just yeah i think they're hedging their bets that way but i i think going forward they'll probably hedge the other way mm. hopefully I'm, I'm not even sure whether there'll be a playstation 5 it might just become a thing like it's called a PlayStation mm. and whatever the latest version of the PlayStation is that you get. Yeah. Or because there's Scorpio coming out this year, but mm. there's not much going on on the Xbox side of the world. Yeah. You know, if you if I you told me I had to buy a console right now to be a, a, a PS4. Well, no, it'll be a Switch because you just did that. Well, no, because if you told me I had to buy a console right, oh, right now. Right, right, yeah. second, yes. Based on those two things, the PS4 has... M- games on it that i want and yeah. games coming out that i want whereas the xbox it's like oh, i'm not really sure i want any of this yeah and look we're in a glut of amazing games that are out mm. even this it's just hit month three and i think there's already six or seven things that i really want to play mm. but hopefully that slows down a little bit because otherwise if this keeps happening it's it'll be great it's a great time to be into games but i still want to go back and play the open world metal gear solid game which one was that is that Phantom Pain? Yeah, is, that, is that five? I think so, yeah. 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 I got that cheap on the PlayStation 4. It's sitting there ready to play, but uh, I haven't never played four yet, so I was wondering if I should go back and do that. I don't think it'll make any... None of those games make any sense when you really think about them. <laughs> Does it really matter? Someone's a clone of someone else and... Yeah. Was and, um, Death Stranded meant to come out this year? I don't know. <laughs> I read an article. That, so who was in Death Stranding? Mads Mikkelsen. Mads Mikkelsen <laughs> was, and um, Gigiel del Toro. There was an article <laughs> with Mads Mikkelsen that said that Kojima <laughs> explained the plot of Death Stranding to him and he didn't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so apparently uh, For Honor, no, not For Honor, what's the other one that I just talked about? Horizon Zero Dawn. Yep. Uh, that uses the same engine that Death Stranding is going to use. Right. So that's all good good sign because they're doing some amazing stuff with their tech. Yeah. Probably Gorilla's best game. All right, let's move on. 
What's next? Our stories of the of the week. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about some. It's probably just going to end up turning was, into a news story section. Yeah, I was going to talk about Mass Effect. I've kind of already talked about it, but I'm just going to add in that when I went to look for Andromeda, it was eighty nine ninety nine on Origin. Sim- okay. Similar price in yeah. JB, and it has been a long time since I have paid eighty nine yeah. ninety nine for a game. So it turns out Green Man Gaming had it for fifty nine ninety nine. Okay, and if you sign in with an account, it drops to forty seven ninety nine. Oh, do they say that from the outset? Yeah, do they yeah, say, hey, they, you'll get it cheaper if you have an account? Yep, they call it their VIP program. Okay. You get a different price if you sign in. Their VIPP. Mm. So I bought it for that. So EA, if you listen to this podcast, don't take my game off me. I'll just write <laughs> another article. <laughs> um, I'm sure it's fine. They work with developers, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they do. But um, at that stage, I think, at that point, I think they're selling US keys. Oh, on that, imagine. was it G2A, the company you were talking yeah, about? Yeah. Um, I heard that at... GDC this week, there was a panel that was talking a little bit of shit about G2A and their mm. practices, and somebody from G2A was in the audience, and they had a little bit of an argy-bargy, not a physical argy-bargy, but a verbal uh. argy-bargy before the G2A guy was kicked out. Wow. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Is there a video? Um, I'm not sure. I'll have to look that up. All right. I have to see that, I think. I'll see if I can find it and mm. stick it in the show notes. Right. I just thought it was timely. The other thing I wanted to bring up is that there is a video series by Noclip who did the Doom and Rocket League series um, called Rediscovering Mystery, where they talk to the guy who developed Frog Fractions. They talk to Derek Yu from Spelunky and Jonathan Blow, and they talk about how you hide mystery in video games now in the age of people being able to disassemble them and and look at at sprite sheets and things like that. And they sort of talk about how how they approached video game mystery and how they sort of dealt with it growing up like Derek Yu talks at length about Street Fighter 2 mm. going to the arcades with his friends and his friends saying oh if you you know if you give me give me the chocolate bar you've got I'll tell you about a secret move that, that yeah, yeah. Ryu can do where you have to you know spin your joystick around nine times and then do a Hadouken <laughs> and a dragon punch without messing anything up and then yeah. He bounces all over the screen and instantly kills. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, there's a common, like, Guile can pull out a gun and shoot someone. Yeah, and, there was um, Shenlong. Yeah, you must defeat Shenlong yeah. to stand a chance. There was all those um, yep. rumors about how you would get to Shenlong by completing the game without taking any damage up until... Mm. Um, that was made up by a magazine yeah. on purpose. Up, up until the end. And in the, in the vein of video game mysteries, there was, like, I read a thread on the Something Awful forums uh, for a guy who worked on... Street Fighter, the movie, the game. Yep. Uh, and he had a plan to put Shenlong in the game, and it was nixed at the last minute by Capcom. They oh, had they had it. art and sounds and everything. <laughs> Who would have played him? Don't know. He wouldn't have been in the movie, though. No, no. He says Kylie Minogue was very nice to work with. Sure, I'm sure she'd be lovely. Mm. She's rich. She's got not a care in the world. Yeah, there's a lot of rich people, though, who are assholes. Yeah, that's true. Um. And lastly, we heard a little bit about the Video Game History Foundation this, this week, which I did yeah. not. Jeff Gerstmann is donating a few things from his collection for them. I saw he had donated a um, Nintendo 64 t-shirt that he got at the launch of, <laughs> which is honestly one of the worst t-shirts I've ever seen in my life. Mm. It's difficult for me to approach this type of, type of thing even-handedly because I kind of feel that companies who are making this thing should be doing this thing themselves, but they're not. They just try to package it up and resell it to us as in um video game companies who they're in charge of the ip yeah yeah i heard steve lynn talking about Mm. this during the week and he was talking about how he's actually approached a bunch of game companies and developers and asked them if they'd be willing to give early release versions of the games Mm. or games that haven't been finished across to the foundation and he said that he finds that you're less likely to get a company to do it just because there's so many trade secrets involved Mm. But you're more likely to get an individual who may have worked on a game or may yep. who may have been part of it to release stuff because they've got to kind of know yeah. loyalty really to the companies. Yeah. There was a video game exhibition at Acme a couple of years ago where we went along and saw Warren Spector speak. But he was talking about how at the end of developing Wing Commander, they were tossing out art and uh, design documents and things like that. And he was trying to rescue them out of the dumpster because he had an inkling that this stuff would be important one yeah. day. I saw Warren Spector in the news this week saying that he would rather never make a game again than to dumb down a game to be released. Mm. That's a fairly good stand, I suppose. He does. He says a lot of things, though. (laughs) That Warren Spector guy. Yeah. 
it must be hard. You've got the fine line, like especially someone like him who's well known for something in particular. Yeah. And if you don't want to do that thing over and over again, like people don't know, but before Warren Spector worked on video games, he worked on pen and paper role playing games. And one of the games he worked on was called Toon, which was um, a kind of a Bugs Bunny themed or a sort of a, mm. a cartoon themed role playing game. And it had yeah. rules for the type of things that can happen in like Toontown, I guess. Uh, so he was this he, before Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he was he sort of big into that that space. So I guess being able to work on Epic Mickey was probably yeah. a, a big deal for him because yeah. he was able to revisit this thing that he'd obviously enjoyed in the past. And even mm-hmm. though it didn't quite turn out the way that he wanted it to, um, it was still probably something that he enjoyed doing. Yeah, I think he enjoyed being a part of that property, being able to give him the keys to the car, so mm. to speak. So that's um, video game history, which mm. is important. I'm interested to see what they do. Yeah, I think they're currently scanning a bunch of stuff that hasn't been seen for a long, long time. Yeah, and I think they're going to give students and journalists and the general public access, and it's going to all be tagged properly and catalogued, and mm. which is good because no one's really doing that. And I think Stephen and Frank are finding that there's a lot of people who have just stuff in the garage at home. Mm. It's, oh, you know, I've got one of those brochures or I've got this and that. And Well, I have a public beta CD for Ultima Online that was sent out to me when, when that went live. And that's kind of the first real MMO, if you really want to split hairs. Yeah, yeah. It's um, around somewhere. Got one. I, I would bet that they have. And yeah. it wouldn't, wouldn't work on anything anyway. Half the stuff they've got probably doesn't work on too mm. much things and they've figured out ways to dump. Yep. Well, this is a CD, so that, that's copy-paste <laughs> as far as no. dumping it. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I've got a couple of little pieces. Uh, they're not huge mm. things to talk about, but uh, one is that the Oculus has dropped its price down from whatever it was down yep. by two hundred bucks. Then that news caused me to go and check out how much a Vive was because <laughs> I decided I don't want an Oculus. So I thought, well, I mean, this is maybe it's time. Let's go and check out a Vive. Yeah. Well, they haven't dropped their price yet, have no, they? No, one thousand three hundred and sixty something in Australia. That's a lot of money for mm, JB Hi-Fi. Something that doesn't really have a mainstream support game-wise yet no for something that's kind of still fairly bleeding edge tech yes so but that's going to be interesting that'll put a little bit of pressure on hdc and Mm. and steam and all those guys who are putting competing headsets on you have to wonder whether that's because of the lawsuits that they've just had whether they need to save a bit of face yeah oh yeah they will have had a couple of bad news Sort of events, maybe, or maybe it's just gotten to the point where it's cheaper to manufacture now. So. Yeah, it could do. Mm. Um, they just released some new controllers for the, for the mm. Samsung headsets. The Gear VR. Yeah. Peasant VR. <laughs> Who called it Peasant VR? Me. <laughs> oh, no, no, it was, um, I'm thinking of... The, they, play, the PlayStation 5 Pro. No, the PlayStation Sorry, versus the PlayStation 4. Yeah. Uh, Dave Lang went on Twitter and uh, referred to the PlayStation, uh, just this slim, as the... That, that peasant console. The peasant console. <laughs> or the poverty console. That's right. <laughs> uh, good old Dave Lang. The CEO, he's actually not a CEO anymore, so maybe he can say what he wants now. Maybe. We need to see if he's ever in Australia. We can get him on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. That'd be good fun. Going to ask him if we can be on Team GFB. I'll listen to that. That's Play cool some one. dive kick. And the other thing is that the um, Nintendo Switch was having some Joy-Con desync issues, mm. specifically in the left-hand Joy-Con. Is that the little brother, little sister one? or uh, yeah, uh, No, it's the proper it's one. It's the main one. It's oh. the main one. And That's not good. that people were finding that if they put the Joy-Con behind their back and circled with the, um, the little analog stick, it would, it would lose connectivity. I don't think it was so much a desync completely, but it was just losing a little bit of signal. Oh, right. Um, apparently, I've heard that that has been fixed in the latest day one firmware. Yep. But since I've written that down, I've also heard conflicting stories. So Great. Now we, now sure to let you know. <laughs> yeah, now we've got the units in our hands. We might test that out and, mm. and see what happens. But that's about it, really. Yeah. So if you've got a Switch, check it out. If you don't, steal one from your friends and check it out. Yeah, give it back, though. And then give it back later. But I just needed to check whether your controller was desyncing. I don't know. I was just looking over it. Are you, you start some... Hang on. Ready? Because we're going to do the next segment. Oh, this yeah. is important. It's letting off steam. Hey. I've never seen Anthony's face when he goes, hey, because no. it, it's the first time I've been in the same face room. lights up. Okay. Uh, so what have we got for letting off steam? We've got some Mass Effect. Yeah, we actually had to go outside steam for letting off steam because <laughs> Mass Effect 3 isn't on steam. So we have Mass Effect 1, first off, a positive review by Joris van der Wright. 
who has 39.2 hours in uh, Mass Effect 1. That seems like an appropriate amount of time in the game. Yeah, around Not about. like she spent too much time. His review is, the EA logo is skippable. Five out of five. I like it when a game, the logo is yep. skippable. I don't have to go into the video folder and delete all, all of the big files. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when you have to view it the first time, but after you've seen it once, they let you skip yeah, it. Yeah, I don't even like having to view it the first time. Ah, well. Next, we have a negative review from Panzer Scout, 27.9 hours. Mediocre third-person shooter dating sim, even more recycling than in Dragon Age 2. If you want to have an RPG experience, play Knights of the Old Republic instead. Fairly in-depth review, mm. I suppose. So we'll move on to Mass Effect 2, which is, I guess, the sweet spot in the series for most people, isn't it? So Mass Effect 2 is the one where... That's the popular one. It's yeah. more cinematic. The combat is better. Yeah, I like Mass Effect 2. At the cost of sort of some of the the feeling of a universe rather than a game. But I did not like Mass Effect 1. Yeah. I mean, I played Mass Effect 1 and 2 pretty much back to back. And I really enjoyed Mass Effect 1. And then I went to Mass Effect... I actually didn't like Mass Effect 2 straight away. Mm. Because I think it was back to back and I just thought the combat would be the same. I thought it was interesting from a story perspective in that starting the game killing the main character... Yeah. Is, is a bit ballsy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then having them not be part of the same organisation they were and sort of having them outside yep. the law. Mm. I thought that was, the, at the very least, that was clever. So we have a positive review from Atlas. I'm not sure if it's the Atlas from Bioshock. Um, <laughs> 40.7 hours. Maybe they've played Mass Effect. Yes. Like, no. Would you kindly play Mass Effect 2? <laughs> uh, and his review is, simply put, Mass Effect 2 isn't a game. It's an experience. Ooh, that's deep. Mm-hmm. We have a negative review from Captain Couch. It's 73.0 hours. And his negative review is one of my favourite games of all time. <laughs> uh, is, is, that wasn't a negative review. It was a negative review. Well, it was marked it was class as, negative. as a negative. Yeah, I think this is people... I don't know why people like to put positive reviews in negative reviews and vice versa because it doesn't do anything except influence the score. So if you put a positive review in a negative review, it still counts against the game. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have a rating, a star rating system. Yep. It's just yes or no. And then we move on to Mass Effect 3 and to get these Ooh, reviews, I, just, the, uh, yeah, I decided to go to Metacritic. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, fair enough. I went to Amazon, but people on Amazon were keen on actual review, actually reviewing things for reals and not sort of posting small stupid things. This is a positive review by Nemo888. You must get all the DLC. Without that, this is the best... Or with that, this is the best Mass Effect. EA stripped out five gigabytes of of content for the initial (laughs) release. That is about one third of the game. Without it, the game is total crap and deserved to get panned. When a gold edition comes out in a year or so with all the DLC at a good price, get this title for sure. (laughs) Now, this review was, what, uh, the day the game came out? Yeah, yeah. And he said a year later, and it's been... It's been a while. Three or four years, and it's still not have a version with all the DLC in it. Sorry, Nemo888, you were wrong. Go back and change your review. Yeah. So we have a negative review from Bodily Fluids. Do you reckon games just get abandoned after a while? Like Mass Effect 2, even though that they've re-released it for the Xbox and they've done Mm. kind of all the work to make it Xbox 360 compatible. I mean, I suppose Microsoft did all that work. Yeah. And even for such a beloved game, it kind of... It's finished. Yes. They've moved on to three. They don't have the money or the mm. people to go back and... Or the inclination to... Yeah. They'll just sit there and keep it as what they call, I guess, a passive revenue stream. Yeah, people are still buying it. Mm. People, and it's getting really good reviews. It's like one of, rated one of the top games of all time. It's not yeah. like they're going to go, oh, we need to fix it so we can sell more. It's going to sell no. its balls off. So Mass Effect 3, negative view by bodily fluids. No, I don't know who, <laughs> who's bodily fluids, but somebody's. Breaks canon, massive plot holes, incomplete game... While this is the final chapter of one of the most cherished series, as there is very little that remains after a botched ending that can be considered good. Or maybe he meant that can't be considered good. That wasn't a positive review, was it? No, that was a negative <laughs> review. But I thought that he summed up quite nicely. Been, he summed up quite nicely my feelings on Mass Effect 3, maybe a little bit more aggressively than I would. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, I am a little bit into Mass Effect 1. I'm doing stuff on the Citadel and already I'm feeling, feeling the grind, so to speak. But, oh, yeah, I'll get there in the end. Maybe not yeah, before yeah. Andromeda comes out. Yeah. I, I will say Anthony's just been sitting there watching me... Um, play with his play with his thingy. Um, standing with my hands behind my back. And I can confirm at the moment that I'm not getting any controller desync issues right. on either of the Joy-Cons. So, I don't know if they have fixed it or not with that patch. I've been standing here with my hands behind my back, switching the analog stick live as we talk. Mm. And that uh, seems to be working. Okay. You heard it here first? First. Yep, maybe. Live. Scientific testing. Exactly. And I was listening the whole time. 
Right. Okay. Um, I like Mass Effect Three. Not yeah. as not as much as two. I mean, it was it was an alright game. Yeah. Although when I bought it, I'm not sure whether I bought it with the fixed ending or not. But even the oh, fixed I, ending was I still it, shit. Yeah, I got it with the fixed ending. It suffers from the same thing as Human Rev Deus Ex Human Revolution, where push button. Yeah, you just get to the end and it's like go left for this ending, yeah. straight ahead, or go right to that ending. Yeah. And you look at the same ending in the original Deus Ex like they could have done go left go right but it's like this huge facility and different parts of the facility service different endings so it's yeah. not it's not just an it, you can actually travel around the whole facility look at what all the endings might be talk to the people get them then go back and make a decision to the ending you want and it's not it's not just here or here or here it's like they're all fairly well spaced apart and there's a lot of story between them if that yeah, makes yeah. sense honestly actually can't remember too much about the ending of Mass Effect 3. Uh, I remember people being happy and organic life and machines merging. It's the end of every game, mm. really. Okay. Great. Yep. That's the end of Letting Off Steam. Yay. The music fades out. <laughs> it's, funny a hand because, it's funny because we're um, recording this a little bit later at night and um, I, I said, let's let, let it pan out. And then I heard crickets in the background. Right. <laughs> so it was like... Yep, that's the correct response. Mm. Uh, let's move on from Full Informatic to uh, Releases of the Week. Right. Actually, do you want to talk about Releases of the Week just quickly? And I'm going to check the mail because I forgot to check whether we had any emails. Oh, okay. We may have emails. All right. So, obviously, the Nintendo Switch, which we've got and seems interesting, but time will tell whether or not it's fully supported or... I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah. I hope, hopefully, it looks like it's going to get a lot of indie support, which is going to be good. This is my first Nintendo console since the Wii, sort of full spots, full stop. Yeah. And when, when was the Wii at? Wii was... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. Maybe I should know before I speak. Yeah, so maybe that. we should. We didn't know we were going <laughs> to talk about the Wii. No, we didn't. We actually didn't even know we were going to talk about the, the Switch before I arrived at your front door and handed you a Switch and said, mm. here, hold this for a second. <laughs> we, um... I did a thing. The Wii sort of one of those funny things where I've managed to get one on release despite not being too interested in it, yeah. and then they were massively sold out for months afterwards. You've got one of the good ones too that has the GameCube controllers in the top. Really? I've got a second edition one which doesn't have the same GameCube controller ports mm. in the top. I can use mine, mine for fighting games. You can, which is also why I think uh, that edition of um, Super Smash Brothers is still really, really popular. Right. So also, uh, we covered Torment Tides of Numenera. If you want to inhabit a body last used by a, a god, then... Um, I do. Then that's the one for you. Uh, isometric role-playing games came from In Exile, the people that bought you Wasteland 2 uh, and the Bard's Tale. Well, they're not the good Bard's Tale. Uh, and then there's, lastly, Horizon Zero Dawn, which you have covered extensively already. Yeah, good game. You should try it out. Very, very pretty. Guerrilla Games. Mm. Nice work, guys. Awesome. So that's it for releases of the week. And I think that's going to be it because I can't log into mail. Into, into email. <laughs> well, you can continue to check while we talk about what we've got coming up on the site. All right. Well, you can talk about that. You can talk about our crafts for the mm. day. Um, we may have a wrestling video coming up. We just have to replace a bit of content in it that was <laughs> flagged, uh, even though there's nothing wrong with it. And if we, if we appealed it, we would probably uh, get away with it and get yeah. it changed. But we thought... What's a better way of dealing with it than following the recommended procedure? So I uploaded it. And weirdly, I uploaded it and it was set to private. It wasn't mm. even set to public. So they must have some stuff that checks it even before. Superfly content scanning. Yeah. Uh, I talked about Dark Souls last week and it's just that videos kept jumping in front of that one. So I'll get around to posting that one. But I need to come up with a good uh, image for the YouTube video. I'm sure we'll find something. We'll find something. Take a photo of yourself now and then just use that. No, I don't think that works. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, Well, I can't figure this email Mm. thing out. So if you emailed in, we'll talk about it next week. We'll also have uh, a video for Northgard coming up as well. Okay. Hopefully the sound of this is good. We're trying out a new mobile recording system, Mm. a little bit of a Tascam uh, hardware recorder. It's cool because it's got this button on it that's called a slate button. So you can actually align all of your audio tracks. It it, uh, records all the audio tracks separately but it makes a cool noise so i can go hey you motherfucker and it will put the slate sound in which I is great i feel that that my cleanliness has been protected from your from the words that were coming out of your mouth all right oh did you so i'm just talking and then i'm just gonna be <laughs> swear and then you yeah then you can we just lost any listeners we had make that um 
that 1k sound <laughs> yes <laughs> sorry it's pretty good uh, although there's a little bit of a delay on it so you can't you can't actually use it for beeping anything yeah. out we can get much better beep out things cool um all right well that's gonna do it if you want us to read out your emails or if you want us to <laughs> if, if you've got a question if you want to read out your emails eventually we will make sure that i know how to use an ipad this time that's gonna do it for this week uh thank you for listening thank you for spending some time with us yep. and if you bought a switch enjoy it uh we're gonna have some more fun with ours and we might talk about it a little bit more next week when we've had a chance to really get into them yep my name is david Shack. i'm here in slapping distance with anthony murphy and as we always say, we love that you love doing what you love. See ya. Bye.